welcome to the Wedding Robes Podcast. This is the only show where you don't need clothes to travel the world. I'm Carly Consker, your host and personal travel guide. Let's do the damn thing. Hello, hello. Welcome back to One in Robes. I'm Carly Consker, and today I am coming to you from a really special place. Today I am in La Romana in Casa de Campo. It is a resort, but also has villas, and it's a place that's like a second home to me. It has been about 10 years that I've been coming here with family, and today I have a really special guest. I have a friend who has been coming here longer than I have. And I'm really excited because he's my first male guest on One in Robes. Welcome, Zach Gad. Thank you for having me. You're it's welcome. You're welcome. I, you're also my first like real friend that I've had on. Like I have people that work in the travel industry that I've had on, but like you're the first also non-travel industry person. That, just just non-expert, a non-expert, yeah, not just an expert, non-expert, just a friend. Just a friend, a friend that has many memories here with me <laughs> that we will get into. But first, we are coming from my villa. So you can either stay at the hotel or in the villas. And this year, I'm staying in a villa. I have stayed in the hotel rooms in the past, and they're really nice. But there's benefits to both. So the hotel, you have the access to like the pool, the spa. The There's restaurants like right near the hotel rooms. But you're further from the beach. Versus villas, if you're coming with a family, and this is a family resort, it gives you more room and more kind of bang for your buck. So there's a whole range of villas. This villa is a small two-bedroom villa with one bedroom with two queen beds and one with the master with a king bed and newly renovated bathrooms, three bathrooms in this villa, beautiful kitchen, living room, and we have a whirlpool outside and we're right on the golf course. So I know you guys are staying in a villa as well. Yep. We're in a villa is not too far from here. Newly renovated. As- yeah. It's, um, it's a great villa. It's four bedrooms, four baths, brand new finishing in the, in the kitchen, in the bathrooms, great furniture, mm. pool, and a big backyard. It's very nice. And Zach's here with a lot more people than I am. <laughs> he has a huge family here. And so obviously a villa is more is a better idea economically than it is to stay in like multiple hotel rooms. Right. And it's definitely great because you do have like a huge kitchen. There's usually housekeeping to cook for you and chef to cook for you. And you have the benefits of that. Yeah. And there's grocery stores. You can go get everything you want and uh, cook at home as much as you want. Totally. So first and foremost, Zach has been coming here a lot longer than I have. So when did you guys start coming to Casa and what kind of brings you back year after year? I've been coming here for 17 years, probably. Um, yeah, a long time. Uh, <laughs> most thought, most of my life, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we keep coming back here because uh, it, it's, it's a great place. I mean, the, they have so many different activities. They kind of have everything for the family, beach, tennis, a lot of golf. Um, and it's kind of, it, it works out well for my family because we can all kind of, you know, go on a family vacation and then everyone has their own activity. So no one's getting bored or not having a good time. Amazing. So Casa de Campo is huge. Like you don't really leave what we call like the campus of Casa de Campo. It includes a marina with a ton of restaurants, 
a beautiful beach that was newly renovated and I believe like 2018 or 19 yep. and they added pools to the beach. They have the two pools at the hotel, a spa, beautiful gym. They have something called autos de Chavon, right? Yeah. Did I say that right? Yep. That was right. Yeah. It's like a little uh, village. village. Yeah. yeah. It's a village like on top of a mountain yeah. essentially. And it's mainly like cobblestone and kind yep. of like coral, I guess. <laughs> it's like coral <laughs> it, that's like, I don't know, stone. Yeah. Stone. It's like a cobblestone village. I think it's, it's, I don't know how old it, it is or how long it's been there, but yeah. I think it's meant to feel old. They have like an amphitheater. Yeah. They have a lot of restaurants and bars up there. There's a golf course up there. And a lot of musicians have come through and performed at the amphitheater. It's, I believe, 5,000 seats. I've gone to a show there. Not that comfortable to sit, but like you're also, <laughs> it's a beautiful amphitheater. And that's the point. Like you're yeah. there for the experience. Yeah. There's also bars, restaurants, and we'll get that into that later. But... Let's talk a little about your experience in Casa because I feel like it's slightly different from mine. You love to golf. I've never once <laughs> been on the golf course here and it's apparently the number one golf course in the Caribbean. Yeah. Tell me about it because I've never <laughs> gone to it. <laughs> um, yeah, the golf here is incredible. Um, there's four courses on what is the campus of, of Casa de Campo. Three are open to the public. One is a private course that's part of the La, the La Romana Country Club, mm -hmm. which is a members-only club. I've never actually played there. But I've never been there. No yeah. one's invited us. Yeah, we need to we need to find more locals that, <laughs> we, that are we members. We need more friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's the Lynx, which is probably the easiest course. Teeth of the Dog, which is the best course in the Caribbean. It's yeah. just, it, it's incredible. It's pretty much all along the water. It's a really tough course, but it's a lot of fun and That's very stunning. scenic. Yeah. And then Die For, which is probably my favorite course here and actually probably my favorite course in the world. It's on the top of Altos de Chavon. So you're kind of playing in the mountains. And, oh, wow. you know, there's example uh, holes where you tee off from one mountain and the green is on another. And it's it's really fun. And it's just a wide open, huge course. That's insane. Yeah. Do you ever like miss and like have it drop to? Yeah. F like falls off the side of the mountain and it will go into the river and you lose your ball and it's, it that's, sucks. That sucks. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Personally, I really just thought it was like just one long golf course that like went all throughout, <laughs> all, uh, all throughout like Casa. And I was like, oh my God, this is like the longest <laughs> golf course ever. But now I know that there's four different yeah. courses. So that's interesting. Yeah. Before we go on, let's talk a little bit about the robes because... Yeah. My mom, I have to give her a shout out. She absolutely is amazing. And we would not be wearing robes if it wasn't for her today. Shout out to Lisa. Shout out to Lisa Konsker. You are a rock star. So my mom this morning, I tried to get us hotel robes because we're not staying in a hotel room. So I get it that with COVID and everything, you don't really take the bathrobes outside the room. I tried to get some from the spa. Didn't work. Then this morning, my mom drove around and somehow finagled two bathrooms for us with the Casa de Campo logo. It says resorts and villas. It's really thin, but these yeah. are huge. I'm they're not sure big. if she got like extra, extra large or something, but <laughs> they're humongous, but they are just like a very thin white robe. This is not the type of robe that like I usually love, but because my mom made such an effort getting it, I have to like say that it's amazing yeah because we would we would have been here in bathing suits if it wasn't we were her. we were expecting not to have robes. yeah i was expecting as of like an hour or so ago i was expecting to be in a bathing suit on camera 
and it will be my first one in robes without a robe. <laughs> and that would have been really sad. So my mom came through the robe personally, not my favorite robe, but sentimental. And yeah. I'm happy that we have them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she killed it. She killed it. So when we come to Casa, there's a lot of things to do here. What is your, besides golf, what activities do you love here? Have you tried or what kind of like makes this place unique compared to other hotels? Yeah, the beach is great. I mean, the beach is, I think, unique in that there's a lot to do at the beach. You mentioned the, the new pools that they have. There's the adult pool and the kids pool. And the new bar. Yeah. So you don't have to be on the beach. You could be in a pool overlooking the beach, basically. There's also a lot of water sports. You know, there's kayaks and canoes that you could rent and the banana boat. And I was about to say the banana boat. Yeah, that's a classic. Have you gone on that? A while ago when I was really young, when I was maybe, you know, 13 or 14. It was the type of experience where we were both young and we did it once and we (laughs) didn't love it it and didn't do it again. (laughs) Okay. So it was like a one and done type of situation. Yeah. There's also um, like a kids club here. If like, if you have really little kids, it's a great, you could just send them there and then go drink. And there's a basketball court there. There is? Yeah. Is that new? No, it's been, it's pretty old. It's been there for a while. No one's ever told me about this and I love basketball. (laughs) Yeah. You're talking about the one at the hotel, right? Yeah. But they also like do stuff on the beach with them. Yeah. So at the hotel, there's that like little kids club, like right off Lagos restaurant. I did not know there's a basketball court there. It's like a half court. It's like one hoop and yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Zach, you're teaching me so much stuff. <laughs> like you learn something new every day about Casa. So besides coming here every year, what is your favorite trip you've ever gone on? Like favorite hotel? It could be Casa, mm-hmm. but favorite trip of all time that you've done. Uh, that's tough. You can give me also um, like a top three if, yeah. it's harder, if it's hard to pick one. So uh, probably t- summer of 2019. So a little okay. bit before COVID started. I think it was 2019. Might have been 2018. We went to the south of France. And who's we? Uh, my girlfriend, <laughs> Gabby. Um, so the two of us went to the south of France and we visited her family. We were there for about a week. And then we took a train from um, this small town in the south of France across France into Italy. Gorgeous. And we did Lake Como, Rome, and Florence in Italy. And it was like a two-week trip, one week France, one week Italy. And that's just it's probably one of the beautiful, yeah. most beautiful places in the world, if I not mean, the most. Stunning. Um, yeah. I remember seeing your photos on Instagram from that trip. I'm like, <laughs> are they ever coming home? They've been gone forever. Um, but yeah, absolutely yeah. stunning. Did you have like a favorite place of that trip or just all together? I mean... All of all, all of those different like cities and, and mm. towns that we were in are kind of unique and incredible. The south of France was so much fun. Um, where her family is, it's beautiful. It's very remote and it's hard to get to, but it's right on the the Mediterranean and it's That's it, gorgeous. Yeah, you just kind of it's like this where you come, you're in the sun and you're at the beach for a week. Lake Como was. I've never experienced anything like Lake yeah. Como, um, and I thought I w- wouldn't like it because I was kind of like, what is there to do there? And yeah. it's you do all of these activities by the lake and there's towns around the lake and it's just really like scenic exploring. and yeah, it's really nice. Rome, I mean, Rome speaks for itself. Yeah. You know, like great food, great history, tons Coliseum. of things to do. Yeah. Like, um, what's not to like about honestly, Rome and bomb. it is. And so good. honestly, Florence, I, I didn't really have any, any expectations going to Florence. Right. And I think it's one of my top five favorite cities in the world. I love Florence. I've yeah. spoken about it on the podcast before. My mom has friends that own a few restaurants there. They own um, 
a leather store as well and it is the best yeah i think it's just gorgeous yeah it's so much fun they also have really good nightlife in florence i don't know if you guys went out but yeah we were in europe in a tough time because it was kind of the middle of august okay so so there were a lot of yeah there were a lot of people that were business owners that own restaurants or clubs or bars and they're on vacation so everything's closed and so I don't think we got the full experience, especially in Florence, yeah. but it was still amazing. That means you have to go back. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite hotel of all time? You can say Casa because obviously we know that this place is amazing. Yeah. But if there's another one that you love. Probably the Ritz in Paris. Oh my gosh. It's gorgeous. Just, yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's so nice. It's very French. <laughs> very bougie. <laughs> um, but Zach's becoming French. I'm I'm practicing French. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm still very bad, <laughs> but have a lot <laughs> of work to do. Going to be an expat in France. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Ritz, the Ritz in Paris. I love Place Vendôme and uh, that area. There's also the uh, Le Comptoir behind the Ritz. Your accent's amazing. <laughs> Been practicing. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, that's probably my my favorite, ho- favorite I love hotel. Favorite hotel. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah when you choose hotels, like, do you ever compare it to to your favorite hotel or like when you're like looking, like what are some things that you look for when you are booking like travel and hotels? Yeah. Probably the first thing I look for is like the location and proximity to where I want to be, what I want to be doing and wherever I'm going. So if we're talking about a beach vacation, I want to make sure that I'm close to the beach, whether it's like walking distance or Mm -hmm. a short drive, or for example, like if we're going to Florence or going to Rome, or any major city, uh, you want to be in the city and be able to easily access things. So that's probably the first thing that I look for. And then just bang for your buck. Yeah. What are you going to get for the price you're going to pay? And is it going to be fun? No, totally. Yeah, totally. I agree. I, I completely agree. I think location is really important. I'm also a hotel snob. So (laughs) like I like certain amenities, but I prefer something that if I can find like a luxury hotel or a small luxury hotel or a really cool boutique hotel that like kind of has that like Soho house kind of feel something like that. I think that's cool because then there's a lot of people younger that will be there. Yeah. I know that you, I laugh because I know the answer to this next question (laughs) or the next few questions, but you have a fear of flying. You get a lot of anxiety. (laughs) I've been with you when prior to taking off on flights. Um, (laughs) never on a flight though. Never, never on a flight. Never on a flight prior to taking off. Almost. Yeah. (laughs) Almost, but never on a flight together. What goes on in your head prior to flying? And like, (laughs) how do you manage to travel so much with this? Like, how do you manage it? Yeah. Well, how I manage it is... And also, I just, has it gotten better over the years or worse? <laughs> I think it's probably stayed the same. Okay. How I manage it is I just try to distract myself on planes, whether I'm watching a movie or a show or listening to like a podcast or mm-hmm. um, reading a book or audiobook. Just anything that, that I could do that kind of gets my mind focused on something else. Right. So like long haul flights, I'll, I'll try to find, you know, a series that I've been wanting to watch and never had the chance to do right. it and just try to binge watch it on a, a long, uh, like a six, seven, eight hour flight. So yeah, that's kind of my method for, for getting through it, especially when there's like turbulence and, and drugs. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just try to, to take my mind off of actually, you know, the being the flying air. part. Yeah. The yeah. flying part. 
Okay. No, that's good. That's good. So that being said, I do know the answer to this next one. (laughs) Have you had any crazy travel disaster stories (laughs) that you would like to share? Yeah. With everyone. Yeah. Probably two two crazy travel disaster okay. stories. Does one include me? Uh, one does include you okay. and let's, Lisa. Let's do the, the first <laughs> one that doesn't include me, and then we'll do the one that includes me. Okay. The first one actually was was pretty recent. It was no. um, last Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving 2020. Okay. We decided to go to my grandparents' and uh, house in Florida to celebrate with them because right. they usually come up to New York, and it's a big family thing. And we wanted to be a little bit more careful with COVID and, you know, some totally. family members felt a certain way. So a few of us flew down to Florida. My, it was a weekend trip, basically. I think I went on a Wednesday night, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and I came back on Sunday. My flight going down there was empty because it was, you know, COVID. the heart of COVID yeah. or close to the heart of COVID. And we're about an hour into this two and a half hour flight from New York to Palm Beach. I'm so nervous for you right now. And all of a sudden the pilot says, ladies and gentlemen, please prepare for landing. And, and you know you're not there yet. I'm 100% <laughs> aware I'm not there yet. I was like, how are we there in an hour? Uh, I'm looking at the map and we're in North Carolina. And I was just like, this is it. what's happening? Why are we landing? Every possible thought was like <laughs> racing through my head. I think the the main thing I thought was like I got on the wrong plane somehow. Like they weren't like oh that's a, but that's like the best possible solution that like yeah. oh I'm on the wrong flight. But like it was I was it, we were landing probably at like 9 p.m. and we were landing in I don't exactly remember where but a very small yeah. uh, very small town in North Carolina okay. um, tiny airport in North Carolina so I was like how the fuck am I going to get to Palm Beach like my mom and grandparents are going to kill me <laughs> right like, now that I got car, on the wrong plane <laughs> and the pilot didn't say anything none of the flight attendants said anything they're just like we're landing now everyone you know seat backs put, put them back up in, in the upright position uh, tray tables up electronics off all that did they look nervous at all they looked just very serious and okay. hurry, hur- hurried to get everything ready for landing and sat down. And we land in this tiny airport. I am like texting my mom like, I don't know what happened. We just landed. I'm in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, typically the pilots will come on the, the speaker after they land and make a little announcement, but nothing. The pilot just pulls up to the gate. The door is open and then the FBI runs onto the plane. Shut up. And are you kidding me right no, now? No, I swear to God. FBI runs onto the plane. It's like two marshals walk to the back and arrest someone, take someone off the plane, arrest them. And no, it was, way. yeah, swear to God, it was like a man wearing a full pink, juicy jumpsuit who was apparently smoking on the plane in the bathroom. I guess maybe like one of the flight attendants found out. I didn't like smell anything. I didn't know what was going on. I think I was just like listening like to music. Smoke on a plane. Yeah. I guess if they take it seriously. Yeah. They like ground the plane. I guess maybe they thought he had like something more serious or I don't know, but grounded the plane, took this guy off. I can't believe and- he's in a juicy sweatsuit. <laughs> <laughs> and it was basically like a hour and a half or two hour delay. The pilot came on and like in hindsight, he did a really good job and he came on and said, you know, he didn't want to alarm yeah. that person that we were grounding so they could be escorted off the plane. So one to like tip them off. Either. Exactly. Yeah. Like what if like it escalated? They, exactly. 
so there was just like we had to sit there for like two hours while they did paperwork and then we went and continued off to to palm beach but that was pretty crazy that's actually insane (laughs) but like luckily there was nothing wrong with the actual plane itself but like i could imagine yeah not just you but like you to another level freaking out but like i feel like i would have fully panicked as well yeah yeah, because when you don't know what's happening yeah. and why you're landing, it's it's scary. No, yeah, completely. and and I think for me, just flying wise, that's the the main thing that uh, that I'm scared of is that it's a situation where whatever happens is totally out of my control. Yeah, it's like the unknown. Like you have no part in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's insane. Um, and then part two, it obviously <laughs> involves me because I know this one, and this is one of the most epic travel stories at the time not fun at the time it was it was miserable but also if you look at the photos we're like smiling yeah <laughs> like we had a good time in the worst possible Possibly. situation yeah exactly yeah do you want to tee it up so yeah i'll tee it up okay so we were flying home the year was 2014 and there were a lot of snowstorms Um, happening in the northeast and we all ended up flying on the same flight home from punta cana to jfk and this flight got not only delayed but we got stuck in the punta cana airport for days and multiple days multiple days (laughs) And when I say delayed, I mean delayed because they refused to cancel yeah. for hours. They were not forthright. And they kept saying, you know, we're two hours delayed. And by delayed. the way, this is JetBlue. This is JetBlue. And I love JetBlue. I will say this. I love JetBlue. <laughs> I fly them constantly. I have status on JetBlue. So please don't take that away after hearing this story. But you guys were shit. They, they, know, they, they know about it. They, I called to complain oh, afterwards. I, I 100% believe you. And I need to hear what you said. But like... <laughs> It was the shittiest situation. So I'm sorry, JetBlue. We will be shitting on you for the next like five minutes. <laughs> Maybe longer. Maybe longer. I will never go back to the Punta Cana airport after that. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And as always, follow us on Instagram at One and Robes Pod. And while you're there, you might as well follow me at Carly Consker. See you next time.